0: In the ocean over his head, the terrace sets sail for home. And the eagle, Leo Barry, understands. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Have we ever spent two hours at the MCG like this before? Is that the grand final? Sydney Predators, the best team of the modern era of the last fifty years, it produces its masterpiece. The stadium holds its breath. A goal. from the band.
1: Made to be in. Perfect. He He's got the most
2: goal. Welcome back to another episode of We Talk Footy. It's been a while. Sorry about that. My name is Joel, and I'm joined as always by JJ. How are you?
3: Yeah, doing okay, Joel. How about you?
2: Mm, I'm all right. It's a Tuesday evening. Uh, We're in the last couple of weeks of the 2020 finals series and we're not going to talk about any of it. We're going to look at our older shit, aren't we?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, who cares about the season? (laughs) now? you know.
2: Yeah, all the good teams are out. Who cares? Um, So we're doing top 10. Uh, This is our second one, our first one. Uh, We did the most important West Coast Eagles goals of all time. How do you think that went, Jay?
3: I think we went okay. Yeah, I'm sure people disagree with what we say. but
2: Yeah, I got a little bit of feedback. I posted it on the West Coast Eagles Big Footy board. Um, I think people just sort of uh, skipped through to see what the actual top 10 was. They didn't really listen or watch the whole thing. Uh, I think the general consensus for number one was unanimous uh, after that differing opinions but that's all right
3: so it was shepherd's goal for number one that's unanimous <laughs> yes. Yeah. shepherds yes
2: now um we're not going to do a west coast specific top 10 this time because you have selected what have you selected jay do you even remember i
3: so got to remember <laughs> i thought we said we've gone with the top 10 worst decisions ever no they <laughs> Top 10 biggest comebacks, so...
2: Yeah, now that this is technically not the biggest comebacks in God order, sorry. but we're going to apply a bit of criteria here. So we discussed this off-air. Uh, we came up with uh, it's got to come back from at least a 30-point margin. Yeah?
3: Yeah, it was there about, I think, because we said mm. if that wasn't really yeah. cheap. Yeah. Bearing in mind, you did all of the research here because I have had some shit luck with other things outside. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you left me with all the work to do. So it's basically my top ten, and uh, Jay's just along for the ride, and he gets to experience it, like all the viewers yep. do. Um, and criticize it if it's not very good. Yep, I'm sure you will. Um, now there was, there's a few games where you know we couldn't really squeeze them in because of this 30 point margin rule. So like the, for example, 2018 grand final doesn't make it.
3: No, it doesn't, but that's okay.
2: Hmm. Um, now I also, I suggested that maybe we should only do one comeback per team. So it would be 10 unique teams in this top 10, but, yep. uh, I threw that out the window <laughs> because I don't know. I kind of applied some sort of arbitrary criteria wherein I thought about the importance of the comeback, how it applied to that team in particular for that season, uh, or maybe as in an overall legacy, uh, capacity. So some random comeback from a season that went nowhere. I just didn't want to squeeze those type of games in. So I thought, fuck it. Yeah, it's fair. If a team's done it a couple of times and it's worthy of the top 10, I'm I'm going to put them in. And I tried to be as impartial as I can. Now, obviously, there's going to be some natural biases of mine coming in. But uh, there's teams in here that I do not like, Jay.
3: I swallowed my pride. Fremantle.
2: Oh, yeah. You're going to see teams that I don't like. Um... Now, I've also limited it to games that I'm kind of familiar with. So, you know, I could have put in, for example, the 1973 preliminary final between Richmond and Collingwood, which I think Richmond came back from about six goals down. Uh, Richmond also went on to win the flag that year. But uh, I really have no knowledge of it, so I didn't consider it. It's probably well worthy to be in this top 10. Someone else does a top 10. They might wish to include it. But uh, I didn't include it. Just because just I had no familiarity with it. I wasn't going to bother uh, going to find out about it. Because fucking hell. Jay, you gave me really bad homework assignment with this. Because looking at comebacks. oh Pain in the ass. Plus I had to get all the vision. I hate you Jay. I really do.
3: Well I mean it could be worse. I could have said... <laughs> You know, can you just focus on, like, the best wins of Richmond? Because, you know, it's has been, like, (laughs) a lot of seasons. Well, this
2: is... Man, I'm fatigued because I'm going to have to come up with the next one, and I've got nothing really off the top of my head, so I'll try and think about that as we go along. Um, So, with that in mind, we might just jump straight into it, and you can pull me up if anything's confusing. How about that?
3: All right, let's go for it. All
2: right, so... Uh, Also, I haven't cheated this time. So when we did the Eagles goals, uh, I kind of cheated and, you know, had a two for one here and there. But so this is 10 unique games. That's it. I can go through some honourable mentions at the end, maybe. Okay. All right. Well, let's start it off with uh, the 10th ranked comeback. Oops, Sorry. Muted myself on the wrong window. Here we go. So Maritch
0: won it. Gibbs, well done. Warner. He's got a good hook on that. That could be a good uh, okay. What an yeah. unlikely first goal scorer. The Giants bowling so down on that a bit.
2: So this is the twenty thirteen elimination final between Richmond and Carlton. We actually uh did a podcast on this. Not that long ago. I think we only watched the second yeah. half. So, Jay, this was a unique situation where Carlton finished ninth after the regular season. But uh, due to the supplement saga, Essendon, who would have finished in the top eight, they were removed from the finals and Carlton took their place. Yeah. yeah. Now, Essendon were actually uh, second on the ladder, 17 rounds in. They were, having a, they were flying in that season. But the uh, probably due to the intense scrutiny they were under because of that uh, whole supplement shit. Uh, they collapsed to lose four of their last five. And we actually beat them that year as well, which is pretty good. Uh, their only win in their last five games was against Carlton. <laughs> I found that That's hilarious. Funny. I found that hilarious. I had to put that in.
3: And Carlton take the spot from mm-hmm. them?
2: Yep. So, this actual final, this was actually fairly close uh, until four goals in a six-minute burst in the second quarter saw Richmond jump out to a lead. And they'd be trading some goals with Carlton to lead by 26 at half time and Then get another one three minutes into the third quarter to push that lead out to 32. So they got past that 30-point barrier. Chris Judd. Had a bull-like midfield effort. The Blues rattled on five goals in an eight-minute burst in the third quarter. Margin was down to actually four points at the three-quarter time. Tigers got a couple in the last, but uh, after Carlton hit the lead, they never surrendered it. And end up pulling out uh, to a 20-point win, ending Richmond's season. I
3: mean, this was, yeah, it was pretty important game and I think this for a lot of like the um, Richmond supporters they were not happy after this because I think they thought you know and when 2014 rolled around and they dropped and then 2015 you know, yeah. they were cutting up memberships,
2: so. <laughs> now you know this win it was somewhat memetic because Richmond had uh, long carried the tag 9th and that came from 6th uh, six ninth placed finishes since the inception of the final eight in 1994 so between 1994 and the most recent time was 2008 they finished ninth six times and therefore it, it was only fitting that the cl- only club to have ever lost a final to a team that finished ninth was Richmond
3: yeah yeah <laughs> But they're not yeah. laughing about that now. They don't no, really no, no. It.
2: Well, Let's ignore all I mean, one. Let's all ignore now stuff.
3: Here's the thing. Do you think finishing ninth is, is at, can be as bad as finishing fifth? Or it's just getting into finals doesn't really matter at that point.
2: Yeah, I think getting into finals, getting that experience is probably handy. Uh, take you into future campaigns. I mean, it's unlikely that you're going to win the flag from fifth. We've seen only a few times teams even make it to the grand final. And only one team, well two teams actually, have finished uh, outside the top four and won. But one of them, Adelaide, lost their first final when they did it. Uh, That can't happen again. So yeah, um, yeah, I think you're better off finishing in the finals. Get that, just a little bit of a taste of it. Spur you on for the next year.
3: What about you?
0: Yeah, I think it is.
3: You know, I think as much I think much better off just sort of being in there to give people plays the experience, it's experience. So.
2: Yeah.
1: We're
2: getting a little bit of choppy audio from you th- again, Jay. That uh, better? Yeah, that's a bit better. Yeah.
1: I mean, you, you can't all be set. like
3: the Sorry. dogs where you just get away with rugby throws, so. <laughs> yeah, so that was the
2: 10th place game. Uh, deserving, do you think, of a place in this list?
3: Yeah. yeah. I completely forgot about it, to be honest. <laughs> really? Yeah, even though we've watched it, and I actually have watched the highlights of so that one a few times in the <laughs> last few years. Yeah, after we podcast,
2: you just shift-delete, don't you, Jay? pretty much <laughs> uh, anything else you want to discuss about it or should we just keep on plugging along
3: move on it's Richmond
2: alright cool alright let's have a look at what uh, came in ninth spot overhead, a slap of the arms. Ball. And that's so this is the 2014 first semi-final Fremantle versus Port Adelaide another one that we've podcasted about
3: yeah, Port this Adelaide, the, sorry? This is the comeback from Port Adelaide and then they go on almost beating Hawthorne the next game too, so isn't it? Was a, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's cool. why you put this one in.
2: Yeah, it was a good comeback in a, an away final, so.
3: You put it in because it's free losing.
2: <laughs> that's just the added benefit, Jay. Port had actually dispatched of Richmond in the elimination final. Uh, Fremantle coming off a qualifying final loss to Sydney uh, after making uh, the grand final the previous year. So they were facing a straight sex exit if they lost this one. They led by 31 points up until almost 24 minutes into the second quarter. But... What's the issue with Fremantle in this era, Jay? They just get a lead and then hold it rather than they are too defensive. Yeah, defensive is right, because uh, it's the Ross Lyon era, so they had that stifling game plan. So it wasn't a high score, it was like 6-10 to 2-3. So they didn't really put their dominance on the board. And, you know, given it was a low scoring situation, Port Adelaide just needed to storm back into it with a, a bit of a burst. And the fact that that, you has know, been played at Super 2.
3: What does that do? Oh, it's just home ground advantage. If you should just win. shouldn't be losing.
2: No, he shouldn't be. shouldn't be losing home finals. Who loses home finals? Only shit teams.
3: Fine. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Again, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have lost that game against Collingwood, but mm. that's what happened. Kicked five or six easy points. Yeah. Uh,
2: now what else do I have written down? Uh, so Port Adelaide finished the second quarter with a goal, they trailed by four goals at half time. They dominated the early third quarter with three goals and they pulled back to within four points. actually led by two points at three-quarter time, kicking six goals to two for the quarter.
3: Yeah, it was a good comeback. I actually think this has got kind of built, caught up to where they are now, you know? Like, there's a lot of criticism on Dan after 2017, and Hmm. 2018, 2019 not really being in the finals, being contender, so... Yeah,
2: Yeah, well, this was kind of their uh, impressive year, wasn't it, until this year? Yeah. So, six years between them obviously going to be a lot of pressure on, on Ken Hinckley to, to do a lot better than he has been in recent times So, well
3: you know that their first game against um, Geelong so again that was also I don't think it, that win before we get too distracted but that win I don't they just took the most of their opportunities like Geelong still there' plenty of oh go so, <laughs> it's like this game too though you yeah. know three oh like back, had you said this if this was Hawthorne or or like, example but if this was or or Sydney and he gave him that many shots on goal yeah you know it wouldn't have been 610 it could have been 9 seven, ten six. Yeah.
2: Ooh, holding the ball. So I think this is the goal that puts Port in front.
3: Ooh, gets two turns at it. I'm not sure why he gets a shot at this one. It's because they said he set
2: up the mark, wasn't it? Probably. It's always some sort of technicality like that. So Fremantle actually regain the lead at really the start of the first quarter with the first two goals. Has marked.
0: The you to get
3: will be looking at him get <laughs> <laughs>
2: Port Pyle on the next three goals,
3: and they take the lead. After 2013, Trio just really didn't have any luck with injuries, did they?
2: Uh, no. I think 2015 was the year that really hit them, at the end of the year, in particular. I mean, like, this year they
3: should have. They should have won against the
0: Swans this year. Sorry?
3: I said they should have won against the Swans it's in 2014. Oh.
2: You reckon? The Sydney we were demolishing teams it's that year.
3: pretty sure they were, but I just feel like Frio with their, you know, strong defensive, no defensive yeah. play-in-the-place, I think, yeah. The fitness team, the league. Think that they would have been able to calm down and weather it
2: well they definitely should have beaten Port Adelaide yeah. so this was the lost opportunity and then the following year had injuries and uh Hawthorne overran him in the prelim and then they would disappear never to be seen or from again till 2023 <laughs> 2023,
3: yes, that's right. But they'll, uh, as winning their first Premiership. You've called it, Joel. So there we go.
2: So that's the, uh, semi-final. Polic. Yeah, Polek.
3: God, I hate him.
2: <laughs> he's an overrated player. Yeah, he's got a weird jaw as well. So anyway, that's the ninth, the uh, ninth placed game. Shall we move on to the eighth?
3: Go for it. All right. Let's see if I can guess what year
1: this one is. Oh yeah, I think I, there you go. I already knew what this one was. <laughs> we have done this one, and
3: I've I've watched this uh, this back many many times.
2: Yeah, so we did the podcast, we had a special guest on, Chris, who talked about his Brisbane Lions team in this match. Uh, I think these highlights are just the Brisbane comeback goals, so varying, there's varying sort of sources I can get highlights from. So I just grabbed what was available, really. So, Brisbane were down by as much as 52 points, 23 minutes into the third quarter. But uh, ultimately, for Brisbane, this win didn't really mean much more than just a moment. It's a special moment in their history. Uh, Geelong won every quarter except the last, when uh, Brisbane kicked eight goals to one. And the game-winner being by 200-game milestone man Ash McGrath after the siren from outside 50. So, as much as this was a win for the ages for Brisbane, it ultimately led to nowhere for them because they had a lot of players leave. Um, They've kind of uh, regrouped since then under a new coach. Yeah,
3: uh, as much as the boss, you know, he will always go down as being an amazing captain an amazing player for Brisbane. He just mm-hmm. didn't quite have it for coaching. Yeah. So, for me,
2: this game was more of a tale about Geelong because they spent much of 2013 fighting for top spot with Hawthorne and yep. ended up finishing one game behind Hawthorne. Uh, with a record of 18 and 4, and 0.1% behind them, so had they won this game, they would have finished top of the
3: ladder. Could have changed the whole finals and the whole phone.
2: Yeah. Truly. Really well. Cool. Yep. And Jay, their losses. Geelong's losses in 2013. Their four losses during the season by six points, five points, this game by two points and another game by 10 points. Can you imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> it does a lot, doesn't it? Just losing quite a lot. It does. But this is also the year where they got to host the only ever final at Kidinia Park. And, and they, they wanted Freo to lose yep and they blew it against Fremantle and that was actually their biggest loss of the year too by 15 points
3: I love watching Paul that stupid face he is <laughs> <laughs> he's a good player he's right. too precious for a
2: full forward <laughs> so there's former West Coast Eagle Brent Staker with the kick out
3: Yep, yeah, it, was, it was all to do with the kick out then. That's how they actually won the ball. So... so I can't even remember what he does here. Well, they just kick it on... This is where I've never understood why Cell would kick that
1: off.
3: And then why he handled it on. And they had plenty of time. They could have literally just held the ball. Yeah. They would already won the game. Coming up to our uh, premiership medalist and yeah. our best hit. There's you. Watch out. The yeah. long is just nowhere to even be trying to fight against the ball. Yeah. Like, he'll <laughs> be so far behind his man then. I mean, this is a pretty good kick, though. Yeah. Like, I
2: mean, pretty epic finish. And this is why I've included it, just the, the uh... You can't drain these scenarios. I mean, ultimately, it means nothing. Doesn't go yeah. anywhere for Brisbane, but... We all, re- we all remember it. And, you know, it's called The Miracle on Grass by uh, Anthony Hudson. So Everyone refers to it as that. So when you actually got a name for
3: a game, you kind of got to include it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a 52 meter kick, like you said, 200 games.
2: Uh, there we go, Brisbane.
3: Hopefully, what we're going to see on the 24th, <laughs> is just happy, because they've just won the Grandfather.
2: Yeah, well, you know. Two games at the Gabba, it's all balls in their court,
3: isn't it? So, what are we on, on number
2: seven? Yeah, so now we move on to number seven, you ready for this?
3: Go for it, I'm just waiting to jump back to 1970, so... We've got 1970 up on Wikipedia.
1: Why, why did I do
2: this, Jay? Why? Uh, so this is the Demolition Derby from yep. 2000. Uh, Fremantle got its first ever derby win in 1999. It took them five years and ten games to achieve that. Just want to point that out. But this game's probably their most famous derby win. Uh, Eagles had slaughtered Fremantle earlier in the season by 117 points. And coming into this clash, this was the second last game of the year for both sides. They were both pretty shit that year. And Fremantle were looking to draw a line in the sand. Yeah, Fremantle, Fremantle player Clive Waterhouse actually commented in the lead-up that blood would be spilled. And what it turned into was punches being thrown, benches being cleared, and an all-in brawl. Philip Matera and Mitchell White had to leave the ground on stretches. Four players were suspended. 12 players reported for melee. Uh, 11 of them were fined between $2,000 and
1: 4000
2: each. And uh, Fremantle came from behind to pinch a one point win. Seven goals from Clive Waterhouse.
3: Bastards.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're right. It just wanted to talk
3: about a lot. They come in. And they rattled them, and it
1: worked. Yeah. yeah, and I
2: mean, I included it because, you know, it's free is fine, just finest win, I guess, if you got to put, put it in that terms. You're going to remember it for ages. It's got a name, like, yeah. the, like the Miracle on Glass. This one's the Demolition Derby.
3: Now. Very important kick I mean, it's a good name. <laughs> it is a good, good name. name. <laughs> what it is, is that they, they just went at each other the whole time, but Frio probably the past, kept their though. cool a little better with how they went out West Coast, so that they took the win. Hmm.
2: Eagles actually got out to 42 points in the third quarter.
3: Free metal peg him back. Now, 42 points is almost the game is basically done.
2: Yeah, the shorter quarters really don't allow it because you know you get that back in these days, well, back before this year. So that's where Mitchell White goes off. Uh, Yeah, you know, those extra four or five minutes in a quarter just extra fatigue uh, it just means you know one team can get a bit of a run on sometimes you know yeah a lot easier to defend we don't have to expend as much energy I will also point out that uh, Fremantle in the year 2000 would go on to lose their final match of the season uh, against Brisbane by over 100 points. <laughs>
3: so this was their grand final. It tends to be at the moment, doesn't it? Outside of their stretch in 2013 and 2015. Yeah. And maybe... Five or six, I was going to put a lot in. of football. Oh, uh, <laughs> six, tick the goal. Pick it about
1: seventy meters from goal. Running hard again is Dodd. Dodd sixty meters out, sends it towards the kick off line. What a
3: Because
0: they're coming home. It's the hair that did it. Super hair. It's all square. Any
1: score to lead. Well, this is the first. Sorry, One sorry, what?
3: So, I don't know how Sean McManus is still on <laughs> <the> radio. <laughs> What's he, What station is he on? Over isn't he? Um, Ellitude. I have no idea. I don't listen to the radio. Oh, it was good run. Turn in.
1: By Ashley McIntosh, boundary throw in Morrison Year
2: 2000, Jay was the first time half Fremantle half finished half above half the Eagles on the ladder the by half a game. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just missed
1: that because the, the umpire just walked out. That just funny.
3: Yeah, Philip Matera.
2: <laughs> so this uh, took Philip Matera <laughs> off the ground as well
1: i tell what, in some trouble Champ, ball, Cousins, so Come Cousins, on, umpires. You know, they've got to have eyes in the back of their head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he so cost to take that, that umpire. I mean, he did. Yeah. Well, Phil
2: Matera kicked five goals. Mitchell White was a forward, so... had our main target's off the
3: ground. I mean really Ember channeled his, uh, his skill and his play from 2006 and 2000 and we won that so yeah
2: funny he, wa- he wasn't a raw 20 year yep. old or whatever he was yeah pretty much oh come on Jakovic how could you not mark that
1: even just the run down Like an attack got the would
3: have been
2: alright But the uh, Somewhat bright spot I guess from this match A consolation for us Jay Is that Perhaps the satisfaction of this victory Led to Fremantle's 2001 season where they lost 17 straight games To start Only won two games for the year, didn't win either derby, and won their first and only wooden spoon. How do
1: you? (laughs) Yeah.
2: What do you want to ask? How many wooden spoons have we had? Just the one, 2010. 2010. So they won one before us. Well, that doesn't.
1: Has kicked
3: the goal, or has he? No, he's missed. He's kicked the ball to someone who can
2: kick it. So this is the last play that we had a chance to win the game from. Brought up
1: by Waterhouse, gets the hand pass away. This is Jones. Jones kicks down towards his attacking 50. At the back is Brown. Peter Matera deep in the pocket.
3: Snaps it back. Here's a chance. Glass couldn't get there. Did he touch it? See, last
2: again. Yeah. i would actually never seen this bit, well, most of the second half till recently, because I didn't watch the second half. I went, uh, I think I watched the first half, and then uh, my mates wanted to go and uh, kick the football, so we went down, and I think I heard the end of it on radio as well. Were as we crying at the time? I was pissed off.
3: So you're kicking a can around?
2: Anyway, we don't want to talk about this game anymore, do we, Jay?
3: Alright, let's move on to the next one. Let's see what you got. I'm interested to see this 1970s game, so... <laughs> Hanging out for 1970. Yeah, if it's not in here, I'm going to be pissed off. i you that now. Oh, I did make some late changes.
2: So... Sorry about the audio with this one. It's pretty shit, but... It's the best vision I could find. So this is a Hawthorne comeback, then? Nope. This is a Brisbane comeback. So this is 1995, round six. Brisbane were 45 points down at three-quarter time. And uh, Brisbane had been a rabble since their inception in 1987. They'd won two wooden spoons. They had another three bottom two finishes. Prior to 1995, their highest finish on the ladder was 10th in 1989 with eight wins. They had won nine games in 1994, mainly through a good patch mid-season, but they finished the year with four straight losses and ended up in 12th spot. And they came into 1995 looking like they were uh, on the improve. It would be uh, their coach, Robert Walls, last season. He decided he was leaving. they only only managed to win four of their first 15 games until they came up against Hawthorne in this match at the Gabba. So the Hawks handled them easily in round one by 57 points and at three-quarter time led this match by 45 points. Brisbane were actually goalless in the first quarter and had two goals to halftime. Actually won the second quarter, by the way, by four points.
3: But the Hawks powered
2: away. What do you remember?
3: I just remember another team um, only scoring a goal and a point at three quarters recently, so you know. (laughs) They they didn't didn't come back, they they just went out. Yeah. Uh,
2: Where was I? Alright, so the Hawks powered away in the third quarter. So there's probably a breeze favouring that particular end. Yep. But then uh, three-quarter time, the Hawthorne coach, Peter Knights, took his side into the shade uh, to address them. This was a hot day. And then the Bears, for whatever reason, they sensed that as a weakness. Grew some confidence and ended up kicking nine goals, seven in the last quarter. Outscoring Hawthorne, 61 points to nine. Winning, winning by seven points. Now this is included in this list and I had this at number six because this would trigger the side Brisbane to win six of their last seven games the only loss was away to Carlton who were the dominant side of 1995 and they snuck into eighth spot in their first ever final series and they'd actually come up against Carlton in the finals actually challenged them pretty well and only lost by 13 points so, pretty important year for Brisbane, and I think this game really just sort of was a, turned the corner for the club.
3: Yeah, because so, yeah. Hawthorne was still... Were they, did they make finals in 95 or not? Uh,
2: maybe... don't... I want to say no. I think they were kind of a mid table club by then. Yeah. Uh, they were competitive, but definitely not in the top echelon. So, but yeah, so but Brisbane, really important win in their history. Also, the last year, well, actually, the following year, 96, was the last year they would be known as the Brisbane Bears because uh, they had the whole Fitzroy thing. Uh, After that, and uh, became
3: the Lions in
2: 1997.
3: And then, you know, shortly after that, they went on to make history.
2: They did, yeah.
3: So, another six years later,
2: after this match, go on to their start of their three-peat. All right, shall we move on to game number five? Go for it. Is it, 19, it.
3: is it 1970 yet, Jay? I don't know. I'll, I'll be able to try to over the footage if, you know, it's... <laughs> you can tell by the, the years as it gets <laughs> worse. It... <sighs>
2: Alright, so this one, 2001, so Sinclair, round 16, and Essendon and North and Melbourne. Was, oh, t- How'd you drop that? North Melbourne kicked 12 goals to two in the first quarter. And at one stage, they were up by 69 points. Right? Can you believe that? Uh,
3: I mean, you wouldn't have thought, right, given how Essendon had played the year before, too. No, that it's you
2: definitely would- uh, not something that uh,
3: anyone was expecting. I mean, I know it wasn't that far off from North Melbourne's last win as well, but you, you just don't really expect that from the reigning premiers. so... No.
2: Well, and actually, coming into this match, were 13-2, and two, so they'd won 13, lost 2. Yeah. They win this game, so they go 14-2. and two. But then the last six games of the season they split 3-3 and then they'd uh, they'd still finish top of the ladder but uh, ultimately succumbed to Brisbane in the grand final
3: yep and yeah. uh, but you see this is still probably a pretty big win for them to come back from
2: yeah and look I included this one because I believe it's basically the biggest comeback in history So, in terms of importance, it's talked about a lot. Uh, It was actually... The lead was pulled back quite quickly in the second quarter because there's a slam on nine consecutive goals.
3: I just... I mean, I know footy was a different era then. Yeah. So you know, like that's when you still used to see people scores go into the hundreds. So
0: yeah,
3: it just really was just that real fast. I mean, it's funny saying it was fast foot football now when you compare like the players now, like the athleticism that, and the fitness that they have to have compared to then. Mm. But it really is. It really was just sort of straight out of centre just bird it down and then yeah. getting forwards to muscle it off. Yeah, well I
2: think uh, nowadays it's all about structures, isn't it? The way the team's set up yeah. uh, to ensure that they're not scored against and then how they're able to generate their own
3: scores. Oh, what a good run. That was really lucky, but <laughs> confident. But, yeah, you're right. Like, it, it, you know, it's it sort of yeah. taken on different elements of other sports about actually running game plans rather than just relying on players. Yep. I mean, yeah, everyone always had a game plan, but it was not not the same as what it had last probably five years. Yeah even I guess you could go back to twenty thirteen and so from the Hawks. So Yeah, I mean in this sort of match
2: nowadays you can see Matthew Lloyd sort of pretty much always one out against his opponent. Yeah. That doesn't happen this day and age, does
3: it? Nah, like you got a dangerous forward, they're gonna always have another plate deviate off to try and be the extra person. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so it's no surprise, you know, forwards of this era are kicking big bags on the regular. No- Lloyd kicks nine goals in this match, I think. Do you actually like Matthew? I
3: mean, he was a good player. He plays for Essendon, so no. <laughs> I don't think he's a very good sports um, journalist, though. I don't really listen to much of his stuff. I
2: did like uh, after the 2018 grand final watching one of the football shows he was on and he really pointed out how uh, bad DeGoey was in terms of staying in the goal square instead of attacking the contest in that yep. last play.
3: And even now they're, um, he's spoken out about Dugowie and said he's not worth, even close to north, 800, he might not even be worth 800. Yeah. Was well, a bit inconsistent and freak talent, but
2: does he have the uh, dis- discipline to really put it all together, you know?
3: Well, at the end of the day, it, it's kind of pretty clear-cut, isn't it? running on the ball with McGovern. You know, you're the, the best intercept marker and mm-hmm. run off himself uncontested on the mark, so... Although, curious to see where he goes if he doesn't. Collingwood.
2: So, we just see what the scores are. This is like early in the third quarter. Crazy.
3: But it's also what made it pretty good to watch. Like, even if you were losing, you'd still sit down and watch because you never knew if they would be able to bring it back because sometimes they did. Yeah. Like this, you know. There's no way as an Essendon supporter you would have been going, up oh, 6 points as if back.
2: Well, you'd probably be thinking maybe today's not our day, but, you know, at least we'll see what our side's
3: made of. Yeah. And, uh, they won't give up. You get to a point, and then you start thinking, actually, we've probably won this, and... I hate those kicks so much. <laughs> Why? It's just the way that they just kind of float in the air, but it just, it's, you know, it's like the way that they manage the ball when they kick it. That was a really big kick from nearly 60 metres out. Yeah. Hey, there was a uh, Simo giving him a hug there. Yeah, I always forget out that Simo had two with North Melbourne. Yeah. What a lucky bounce. That's how you know... The game could be yours, is when you get bounced like that.
1: Yeah.
3: Have a knock-on, quick handball, players everywhere. There we go. See, like that, like, that slip, like, you, you know at that point, when you're slipping like that and you're getting back up, that yeah. you're not losing the game.
2: So, Jay, the Bombers actually, they hit the front 11 minutes into this last quarter. They get out to as much as a 19-point lead. So, that's an 88-point turnaround from their biggest deficit.
3: It's actually crazy. I mean... I know different areas now, and it's important to keep noting that. But you think back and then, what sport in the world, like team sport, could you have such a comeback like? Yeah, it's pretty rare, I
0: think. Just
3: lines it up. Quick snap. Why is that post wobbling so aggressively?
2: Oh, I think a couple of players had run into it just as the ball was being kicked.
3: Man. You don't see forward or even midfielders really kicking from that 55, 60 metre anymore. No. On the rock. It's like they're worried that they're just going to ping a hammy or something. <laughs> Maybe So uh, still two goals. Man. That's a big mark. Uh,
2: now bear in mind this is North Melbourne post Wayne Carey as well. Yeah. I think this is the last goal of the game. Uh, end up winning by two
3: goals. I mean, they they really needed to get the last goal to bring it to a point to be able to stay in it. Yeah. So, what a comeback by though. Yeah. So, even though I
2: hate them, unfortunately, I had to include it, and uh, I've got even more bad news, Jay. There is another SNN game
3: in here. Well, LaCroix, we, we didn't have a comeback when LaCroix kicked 12 against him, so I don't know what game you're talking about. All right. well, let's go on to see what number four is. This one's going to be 1970 black and white footage, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> oh, this one. Yeah, that's no surprise there. We pushed him into the dugout. Dirty, dirty bastard. Can't even that remember. now, yeah. he's suspended.
2: Yeah, I can't even remember what, what happened to Mooney after this one. But remember when McGovern pushed the dude into the plastic chair yeah. last year?
3: Yep, it's a week. And that would yeah. be one for probably three or four weeks.
2: Yeah. But don't worry, Mooney actually got the free kick here. Because it, it was out of bounds.
3: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I hate the commentary, of but they potentially could have been a lot worse than, than what it was. like, just straight up the date that you ever committed and you shouldn't have done it. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: I never ever want to watch this game in my life. Really? Apart from, like the last quarter and a bit. Yeah. Well, I had to go through it to bloody get these
2: highlights for you, Joe. So quarter, the first quarter, Geelong lead by 31 points. Second quarter, Geelong lead by 39 points. Third quarter, yeah. Geelong lead by 36 points. Uh, end of the game, Eagles lead by three points. Uh, Geelong actually got twice, got out to a 54 point lead during the third quarter. So about 18 minutes in, and the Eagles rattled off four goals in about eight, eight and a half minutes. They
3: oh, were just on fire for yeah. pretty much all game. The and, uh, here we get treated to all
2: the Geelong goals as they set up their lead.
3: Oh, where did Geelong finish this year? 10th uh, I think. It's weird, like, seeing Geelong out of the 8, because it's been so long that they've been in the 8 for. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're always around, aren't
1: they?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a reason for it. Like, they're good coaching from, those, yeah, 07 onwards, mm-hmm. and Chris Scott's still done a pretty good job with them, like, I know he doesn't have the best finals record, but he's done a pretty good job with them. Yeah.
2: So I included that previous highlight, so you, that was for you, Jay, because I knew you'd love to see Cameron Ling being ragdolled and caught holding the ball. Yep. And uh, Rowan Jones somehow kicking a call from the boundary line.
3: I wish someone would do that to But he's a commentator.
2: That score just sucks. There we go. So they're out to their 54 point lead now. There's free kick to
3: Cox. I still feel like with the um, free kicks from the Ruck contest, the umpire up somewhere, it flips a coin and then it's like, nope, give it to this person.
2: Well, that one seemed pretty obvious because there's a long Ruckmanetti's arm around Cox's
3: neck this time I like Lynchy. yeah I do
2: too shout out to my mum who got all excited when she saw Quentin Lynch at uh, when my son was playing basketball earlier in the year I think you've mentioned this I'm now. We've got to mention it when Quentin Lynch is
3: on the screen. Like, he was by far not anywhere near like the best full forward we've ever had, but yeah. he just did his
2: job. So. Where were you when uh, this match was going on, Jay? Were you watching
3: it? I don't think I was. What month was this done in? It was mid-season, so... June, I think? 2006? Yeah. June, I would have most... could have been in England, that's what I was trying to work out. England, eh? Yeah. Yeah, because we did a big family trip through England. More way in that. that this is June 3rd, 2006. Oh, I can't remember now. <laughs> I'm trying to think, but brain doesn't go back that far. I think Ember's kick was pretty important. Yeah. But, you know, we've already touched on this game, so...
2: Actually, five players in this Eagles team that didn't play in the 2006 flag. Gonna have a stab at them, Jay? That would just, nah, but that would actually really fuck. Yeah. Alright, I'll give them to you. So, Jamie Graham? Okay. Yep. Uh, Mark Nikoski. I don't really remember them. Well, Nikoski kicks the goal here. That was Staker. So, his handballs. Here's Nikoski. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, Matt Rosa. Okay. Brent Staker who handballed to Nikoski for that goal,
1: yeah.
2: and D-1, Matt D-1, Prittis. By Cousins,
3: Great stuff, Is Staker down Staker
2: down was down in the 05 and Musby? Uh, yes. Danis, Staker and Nikoski Danis, Danis, both Danis, played in 05, in Yeah. And Prytis obviously played in 2015.
3: This was actually Matt Prytis' yep. first game for the club. Yeah, because this was also the same year that LePriar was in. LePriar come through this year his first big games. Yeah,
2: I think he played late in the season, played in the first final and then got dropped. Yeah, because he did absolutely nothing. Yeah. And then had a breakout year the following year. They led by yeah, it was 50 four. Four. He's 60 yeah. From home. And then Andrew had to wait, wait over a decade for the premiership.
3: Jeez. I mean, at this point, you know, I know it's been talked over, and before, before, I'd love to a think, Blake, think from, a long yeah. player yeah. or a couple of minutes to say, like, what was going through your head has well, just kept coming back.
1: <laughs>
3: Same thing be in the with that game, which pushed before. It's estimated to be like, you know, Oz country head as you're like, yeah, we've got this win, and they just didn't stop. Yeah.
2: So, the Eagles ran riot in this last quarter. Uh, they had five straight goals, then they had a couple of chances for the lead, but had a few misses. Until Daniel Kerr here, running from one end of the ground to the other. Yeah, Yeah, get on the end of it. He puts them in front.
1: It's
2: a hard kick too. Mm. Ah, But then Geelong get the lead straight back.
3: But it's even like just playing on this oval so hard for teams. Mm.
2: Well, we haven't won there since this game, Jay. Yeah. Hard to win there.
3: I mean, it's not just that long, it's their home, and they know it's so well, but their crowd there. I mean, it's probably the same as our crowd at Optus, you know. Yeah. It takes a lot, but the, oval's, the oval shape being so different is the problem. He back in the
1: quarters. Yeah.
2: yeah. 31 28 and nearly 32 so there we go. So plenty of time left. long back in front Until this Win. moment. Quick to Looks
0: at the options and decides to go long. inside 50. Oh,
2: with the man who uh, the got pushed Couldn't into the, the dugout. Jones, the One who
3: puts him back in front. I reckon he started on his head at that
2: moment. That's why he's laughing so much. <laughs> there we go. Epic win. It really was. Yeah, I actually couldn't believe it. I was watching it at the time. I think I, throughout the first half, I was pretty much just watching it with the sound down, going, oh, fuck's sake, this sucks." I mean, And then uh, they stormed back into it. Like the third quarter, I was like, oh, don't give me hope, don't
3: give me hope. And then the last quarter, it was just unbelievable. Had we not won that game, mm. we probably didn't win in 2006.
2: No, and we actually followed up this this win with the following week uh, by coming from 44 points down against Carlton. Uh, so yeah, as you said, has kind of, I think it's set them up, uh, set the side up to grit their teeth in the finals, overcome you know the initial stumble that they had in the first final against Sydney, able to win a preliminary final away from home, again coming from behind, Yeah. and uh, winning the grand final and holding on against Sydney again, who beat them in 2005, but uh, managed to reverse it and uh, win by point. But uh, I was actually at the Carlton game the following week. I was tempted to include it in this top 10. I have it just outside. Uh, I figured I can't do both. I can't cheat again. So, no, it's uh, This one, obviously, probably the more impressive of the two, given it was away from home. Uh, Geelong were a decent side, even though they didn't make the finals. Uh, whereas Carlton were pretty much a shit side, so... It was just complacency in uh, being forty-four points down to them at home. So, but yeah, that game was pretty awesome to be at as well—the the Carlton one, because uh,
3: got really loud in the last quarter. Any comeback from behind game is probably the most exciting to be at, as long as it's your team.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Any more thoughts on that one, Jay? Or shall we move on?
3: Uh, I think we've kept that one. We can leave it. All right, cool.
2: All right, let's move on to number three in the countdown. Um, now, this is a really short clip because I took it from... Uh, it was a, a news news footage, so it's only a couple of minutes long. But uh, basically, Adelaide were all over Essendon in the first half. This was Adelaide's first ever final series in 1993. This is the preliminary final, back when they only had one preliminary final, so the winner goes on to the grand final. And Adelaide uh, 42 points up at halftime and looks set to make the grand final in their first ever final series. But uh, Essendon actually run over the top of them and, and would also go on to win the Premiership the following week against Carlton So, Do you think if Adelaide had won they would have gone on to win? No, I think uh, Carlton were a much better side uh, Carlton had handled them pretty easily in the, the week before in the second yep. semi-final So, I don't think so But, uh yeah, unfortunately I had to include a second SNN game, but it's pretty a pretty decent comeback in a preliminary final uh, in a year which they go on to win the flag.
3: So I remember it well. I think that's what sort of makes the win sweeter in essence. Is it's not just you know, come comeback in the final, it's then to go and follow it up and actually win the premiership. So yeah, yeah.
2: and that actually wins. Uh, The grand final fairly comfortably by about seven goals. So uh, that one was kind of a get out of jail almost uh, in order to make it. uh, We've already given Essendon enough time with their other comeback, so we don't need to spend too much time on that one. Yeah, let's move on. All right, let's move on to number two. Alright, so this is one we've podcasted Uh, about, Jay. Yes. The uh, second preliminary final from 1997. Western Bulldogs, the sentimental favourites. They win this and they go into the grand final against another sentimental favourite in St Kilda. So two sides who only ever won one premiership in their histories. Adelaide so, lost, uh, sorry, Adelaide lost Tony Modra early to a knee injury, and, uh, Bulldog stormed to a 31-point halftime lead. Go ahead, Jay.
3: Who was the, um, Adelaide player that you got a massive hard on for? Darren Jarman. Yeah, there we go. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so Darren Jarman turns it on when he gets shifted to full forward. In uh, the last quarter. So it was actually pretty even going fairly early on. Uh, it was more so the Bulldogs just got a bit of a run on in the second quarter to pull away.
3: I know it's hard to sort of gauge between how footy's played now and what's. 20 years ago. Mm. But, you know, they, they want the game to be more of a view, like a spectator sport. But we all know that they just want more goals scored so that they get more money for it. You know, at revenue. Yeah. So, but why not just go back to this where they can be unfit and just keep booting big goals? <laughs>
2: yeah. I don't think we can go back to it, I think they've just become far too professional. I mean even back then this was really... Only some players were professional, there were still plenty who had to have uh, regular jobs. So... Probably an area can't really go back to.
3: I think that's like the weird thing is, it's like... players having a normal job yeah back when so th- was this back when they were still only training like would have been Tuesday, Thursdays
2: yeah and I think it was more of the transition era so you know some clubs were setting new standards you know Eagles were one you know moving towards being full professionals So, there's still plenty of players who just rocked up and, you know, did whatever. Yeah. You know, like Gary Ablett. You know, the guys who do that today, the, you know, the Jordan Degoe types are probably the ones who, you know, have got immense talent, but just don't put it all together all the time, you know? Yeah. Is that edge is just a, uh, you know, on the flip side, you've got a guy like Dustin Martin who who's just got that edge because of the
3: professionalism he puts into it. Yeah, the way that he approaches it each game and tries to mentally get himself right. But I think more importantly, it's trying to get your teammates right, like mentally as well. Yeah. And that's, where I, that's probably the difference is... When you look at it now, players like Degoe, while they're extremely talented, they don't sort of lift as a collective. Yeah.
2: So in this match, Adelaide were actually goalless in the first quarter. They kicked uh, zero goals, seven behinds. And then the final quarter... The Bulldogs are goalless, and they kick zero goals, six behinds.
3: It's pretty interesting. Yeah, massive inaccuracies. Yeah. It goes to show you the game was being played yeah. the whole time, so...
2: Well, here's the uh, Tony Libertore point. Here goes the dry hump. No. Yeah. Now Adelaide will start to turn it on.
3: you boy start stepping up. Yep, that's a good mark.
2: Yeah, it was kind of watershed for Adelaide because they moved Jarman to full forward. He has a really cracking last quarter, and they keep him there for the grand final and has a big game they become the first team to win four finals on the way to a Premiership. Who's the only yeah. other club to do that, Jay? Bulldogs. Yeah, Bulldogs.
3: 19 years later. I mean, and to the Bulldogs' credit, you know, they, they fly over here, face mm-hmm. us, and they fly us back home, and then goes. I mean, yeah, it's not a long trip to go to Sydney, but... Yeah. Still, not like they just kept going to Marvel the whole time.
2: Mm. And these two clubs would actually meet again in the following year in the preliminary final at the same ground. But uh, Adelaide won it easily by 68 points.
3: Yeah, that's a pretty good
2: change. <laughs>
3: good mark there, yep. but just good tackle pressure for Adelaide, you know, just to sort of crash it, but even then, they still get the run through. That's right, because he needed that goal to win it, yeah. I remember
2: now. we would have given him a buffer with a couple of minutes to go. Instead, the other end, Jarman puts crows back in front.
3: Yeah, because it would have given yeah that extra, needing that extra gold to get the lead. I mean, it's a big kick in. All it, all it really took was one mark. Ooh, and there was the last chance. There's no way he was getting that. At this point, you know you've won it. Yeah. Pretty important
2: win, actually. Yeah. I mean, outside of their two premierships, probably their greatest win.
3: Yeah. it would be pretty disappointed, especially knowing when you miss certain shots that you shouldn't have missed.
2: Yeah. I was actually uh, reading online... As I was uh, preparing for this, uh, an Adelaide fan posted that they were at the game and they were surrounded by Bulldogs fans who started leaving at three quarter time. And they were like, What are you doing? Why are you leaving? And they were like, We've got to go li- line up for grand final tickets. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. There's a lesson to be learnt there. Yeah. Oh, all right, Jay, shall we move on to number one? Yep, surprise me. What year is it from, Jay?
3: Well, we've got it wrong every year so far, so I'm going to just, you know, say it's a 1901. <laughs> Let's take a look. here you go. Grand final, hey?
2: Yeah, uh, this one, I think, has to be double one. It's... The grand final, forty-four points down at halftime. So it's the biggest ever grand final
3: comeback. I love the way that they relied on the goal umpire's eyes. You know how uh, they, every ten years or so the goalposts and the point posts just got larger and larger. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, all the, you know, ye oldie timers would be saying, you know, oh, we didn't need goal line review technology in our day. But you can imagine how many would have just been line ball and the umpire
3: would have gone, yeah. fuck it, goal. Yeah. <laughs> or point or the goal umpire yeah. had a bit on the other team or someone yeah. slips cash to win. Yeah, nobody cares.
2: There's no, you know, scrutiny with replay after replay. Zip session
3: with the toilet paper. <laughs> Isn't it like streamers? It probably is, but it might as well be toilet paper. <laughs> uh,
2: now Jay, Collingwood finished on top of the ladder in 1970 with 18 wins. They beat Carlton in the first final, which is a, that was, was a final four back then. And They won that by 10 points. Carlton easily won the prelim final to earn the rematch in the grand final. Collingwood kicked four goals, eight in the first quarter. Carlton kicked zero goals and three behinds. And then uh, in the second quarter, Collingwood kicked six goals to four led by 44 points. During the halftime break, uh, Carlton coach Ron Barassi instructed these players to handball and play on at all costs. And uh, they end up kicking eight straight goals in the third quarter, seven of which they kicked in the first 13 minutes to almost completely erase Collingwood's lead. But uh, Collingwood then fought back late in the third quarter and led by 17 points at three-quarter time. Carlton would kick uh, five goals four to one goal one in the last quarter and win the Premiership by 10 points. So 54-point turnaround from the halftime
3: deficit. In a grand final. In a grand final. And also from what I've now just learnt with Ron... Grassi as being the greatest football player-coach of all time. Uh,
2: I guess in terms of uh,
3: premiership accolades, yes. Yeah. Six VFL, four as coach, uh, like six as player, yep. and Lee Matthews following behind that with eight, yeah. four with form. Just
2: imagine if uh, Alistair Clarkson was actually a decent player and played in preppy Shifts.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: Collingwood actually defeated Carlton three times in 1970. And they were pre-game favourites, but their inability to win this game led to them being dubbed the Collie Wobbles for the first time. I hope they it that from. Yeah, and they've uh, gone on to lose quite a few grand finals since then. Uh, I'm pretty sure they would have lost more grand finals in that one, won, haven't they? Yeah, I think they've lost 26 or 27 grand finals.
3: That, that's a huge number. I mean, you know, mm. it goes to show that the Cop's always been there, but... Yeah, so I think 12 premierships from memory.
2: So, a lot of heartache getting so close. Yeah. And I mean, years like this are obviously ones that they choked away, but I think a lot of yeah. times they uh, sort of outperform themselves to make the grand final as well. Just came up against better clubs.
3: That's hard part. I won't say when you the last few games. I think that's how you going against the final series? So.
2: Mm. Jay, the attendance for this match was 121,696. Yeah. It's an all-time
3: MCG attendance record, it still stands. Well it's funny because got us out. they you wouldn't be able to host a with that many people now with what they've done. No, well obviously all the, back then they had a lot
2: more standing room so you could cram more people in. Yeah. So yeah, so there we go, the number one comeback of all time. So Jay, thoughts on that list?
3: Um, number one yeah I think that was probably number one and two probably the most critical mm-hmm. you know most important of I think AFL in general like so that yeah I, I would not have looked back that far I'll be honest with you now I would have probably <laughs> like, called it quits at yeah. 1980
2: yeah I mean I wasn't obviously I wasn't around in 1970 to, to really know much about it but I am familiar with that grand final you know they keep plugging it on all the grand final marathons over the years, so uh, it's one that's hard to avoid. So uh, I might may have ignored some other years that could have been included, but that one stood out like a sore thumb, being a grand final, so had to put it in the list. All right, some honourable mentions: uh, Brisbane 2009 elimination final versus Carlton. They were 30 points down during the fourth quarter. Ran over the top of them. Uh, As we'd already mentioned, the Eagles in 2006, the game after the Geelong game against Carlton, where they came back from 44 points down during the third quarter. Melbourne in 2008 uh, came back from 50 points down at halftime against Fremantle. North Melbourne in 2004... Came back from 40 points down at three-quarter time against Sydney, in Sydney. come back. GWS in 2017, 31 points down at quarter time against Richmond. It was at home. Uh, We podcast on the second half of that one uh, not that long ago. Uh, Here's one from 1990, where Sydney came back from 45 points down at halftime against Carlton. Uh, keeping in mind that Sydney weren't really a great side back then and Carlton were tough to beat at home. Yep. Uh, Hawthorne in 1999 came from 51 points down at quarter time and 44 points down at halftime to beat St Kilda. Geelong in 2016 were 35 points down at three-quarter time against Richmond, came over the top. Uh, we probably could also include their 2020 uh, game against the Bulldogs this year. Yeah. Um, uh, we mentioned Richmond before with the 73 prelim versus Collingwood, 36 points down at half time. Uh, there was also the 1995 semi final against Essendon, where they were 30 points down at half time. Uh, and the Bulldogs, Western Bulldogs. Um, 1999, got a little bit of revenge for those prelim losses against Adelaide. They were 40 points down at three-quarter time in a round 16 clash and managed to come over the top of the Crows, get a bit of revenge. But yeah, they were just some of the ones I looked at and didn't think they quite fit in. I think Brisbane with the elimination final win over Carlton was probably the closest, but thought the other two Brisbane games a bit more important better. so I didn't want to put three Brisbane games in there
1: so what well, would have been our...
3: say I said putting three Brisbane games in to match their three Pete.
2: yeah <laughs> yeah I guess I could have done that oh well um, yeah that's the top ten comebacks done thanks Jay for all your contribution
3: thank thank you Joel for, you know being so committed I was going to say for the next one we could just look at something a little simple <laughs> that would be nice do you want to come
2: and up with go something
3: well ideas? I was just you could try just going off the 2020 season and just pick who we think was the most valuable player to each team yeah
2: alright let's do that uh, pretty simple try. top 10 yeah. 2020 MVPs yep so, obviously, we're only going to get the top 10 out of the 18 clubs.
3: All right. Yeah. I think, you know, there's, there's some standout ones. That, like, you think with Carlton, I think Cripps will probably be up there and Dusty and a few others, but...
2: Yeah, All right. We'll like, take, a, take a look at that.
3: We leave Dusty out because, you know, he gets too much time off. All
2: right. Anything else, Jay, or shall we
3: wrap it up? Now that's it i think i'm gonna go sleep and wake up at five in the morning to, yeah normal life all right thanks jay Catch no you next thank time. you
2: thanks mate all right good night
0: i love it when collingwood choke it's football's greatest joke they've lost more grand finals than any other team i love it when collingwood choke And they can't get the ball to cloak They've got Buckley's chance of winning Here the Collie Wobbles come Thank you Brisbane Lions For 0-2 and 0-3 Seeing those pies lose back to back meant owe so much to me Well done Ackermanis For snapping that winning goal And putting those one-eyed pie supporters right back in their hole. I love it when Collingwood choke, it's football's greatest joke. They've lost more grand finals than any other team. I love it when Collingwood choke, and they can't get the ball to cloak. They've got Buckley's chance of winning, here the Collie Wobbles come. They drew against St Kilda in 2010 They blew a four-goal half-time lead because they choked again And only 12 months later they choked against Geelong And all those one-eyed pie supporters couldn't sing their song I love it when Collingwood choke, it's football's greatest joke They've lost more Grand Finals than any other team. I love it when Collingwood choke and they can't get the ball to cloak. They've got Buckley's chance of winning. Hear the Collie Wobbles come! Hear the Collie Wobbles!